I'm director of the Murney Tower Museum. I'm a social science teacher and student life coordinator. I am an associate professor. I got a PhD from Queen's History. And I have an MA from Queen's History. Hello and welcome to the Alumni Archives, a podcast created and hosted by the Queen's University History Department. Before we begin, I would like to respectfully acknowledge that Queen's is situated on the traditional territories of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe. Today's episode was recorded in multiple locations on the traditional territories of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe. My name is Heather Poussard and I am a second year MA here at Queen's University. All right, so today I am joined by Lance Lamore, who graduated with a BA Honors from Queens in 1994. Hello, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Could you maybe just introduce yourself a little bit more for us before we get started? Okay, so uh, yes, I am uh, I am Lance Lamore. That's my real name. Some people think it's, it's a fake name. It's not. <laughs> um, I am Irish and Anishinaabe, uh, Anishinaabe on my mother's, uh, my maternal uh, side. My maternal family is from Beausoleil First Nations. I'm currently working as the Indigenous counsellor at the McGill Student Wellness Hub. Wow, that's awesome. I'm super excited to talk about that. Um, maybe before we jump into your career, we could talk a little bit about your time at Queen's. So why did you choose Queen's for your undergrad? Okay, so that's this this is a this is a fairly easy question. So um, I am from a little place called Glen Burnie, uh, which is very close to Kingston. Mm-hmm. Um, Queen's had always been, you know, as a little kid and, and young man, uh, young boy, um, visiting Kingston and going into town with my grandparents who I lived with, you know, I would see the campus and I'd be like, wow, look at these buildings. So, you know, I was always impressed by that. Um, my grandparents, I was raised by them. Uh, they were getting older and I felt that it was important that I stay close to them. Mm-hmm. They really wanted me to have a university experience, though, so um, they sort of pushed me to live in residence in my first year. So I did live in Brockington. Okay. I don't, I don't know if it's still called Brockington, but that's that's where I live, Brockington residence. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was the main reason for staying, staying close by. I also, in high school, I, I began to understand just... Um, you know, it was a well-respected university, mm-hmm. um, and that was important to me as well. Yeah, absolutely. And once you got to Queens, were you always sort of looking at a history degree, or did you sort of test out different things or move later? So, you know, initially, uh, everyone thought that I was going to go into sciences um, when I graduated from from high school. Back in my day, we had um, grade thirteen. Uh, in Ontario. Mm -hmm. I think it's called, it was called OAC. Uh, So I I think now you kids only go to grade 12 and then they go, they go to school, to university. So I wanted to sort of do something a little bit different than the expectation. Uh, I've always kind of um, done that in my life, uh, done what hasn't been expected of me. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I did, I did chose, choose history. I was really interested in history. You know, I become fascinated with queer history, Uh, gender history, um, uh, Black history, Indigenous history, and I saw some interesting courses. And so that was my direction. And I I stuck with it. I I did do a lot of courses uh, in the English department as well, Mm -hmm. uh, because I really loved literature. um, And I and I loved the courses that I took with the English department. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, English and history complement each other quite well. I, that's what I did in my undergrad as well. Oh. I think it's a pretty, <laughs> pretty common experience. I really enjoyed it too. Um, well, it's quite, rig- it's quite rigorous as well. I mean, I don't know how it is now, but then we went to original sources. We, we didn't have course here at McGill. Everything is in a course pack. So all the material has been prepared for you. It's in a, in a, in kind of a book that's been designed for your, okay. your specific course. And there you know, we went to the original sources. We read full, you know, 700 pages a week sometimes yep. or more for, for courses. Uh, and I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. So um, was it those sort of topics that sort of really inspired you while you were at Queens looking at queer history, black history, sort of um, history of like oppressed minorities, essentially? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I because of my my experiences uh, as a, as a queer person, um, but also as someone who is a white passing Indigenous person, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was important to me to understand different histories, to understand history, my my own history uh, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and Queens offered that opportunity, and I was really glad actually that there was space for that there. You know, I was only doing under undergraduate degree, only doing an undergraduate. I make it sound so, so easy and simple. It was not. Um, I found it very challenging. Um, but, it, you know, I, I was allowed to pursue areas of interest at the undergrad level that sometimes people only get to do, you know, at, at the master's level or, or later. Yeah, absolutely. And you did another degree after your degree at Queen's, Two more. right? Oh, two, two more. more. Yeah. yeah. What did you take? <laughs> so um, after I finished at, 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 uh, at Queen's, I thought I was going into law school. Well, I did my LSATs. I applied and got accepted to some law schools. Uh, and I decided um, it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I was at Queen's, I also sort of like developed an interest in hair. <laughs> so oh, cool. <laughs> I started cutting roommates' hairs, cutting other people's hairs, and then I got into coloring hair. So I went to hair school after Queen's. Oh, wow. Went to hair school after Queens, uh, moved to Toronto and started working as a hairdresser uh, for, for many years. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I worked as a hairdresser for many years. And the salon that I was working at, it, I don't think it exists in Toronto anymore. It, it, not in Montreal either, but it was called Coupe Bizarre. And so uh, they had, uh, they, they asked me to transfer to Montreal. Uh, and I knew that education is cheaper here in Quebec if you're a Quebec resident. Mm-hmm. And I had always been thinking about going back to school to try something different. Mm -hmm. And so I moved to their salon in Montreal. And then I saw that McGill had a program. If you already had a bachelor's degree, you could become a social worker in 14 months, uh, get a bachelor, a full bachelor of social work in 14 months, normally a three-year degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I did that program. And then I, I worked, I then decided many, many years later to go back in my well, yeah, I was, I was in, I think I was 39, uh, to, to pursue a master's in social work. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And was that at McGill as well? That was at McGill as well. Yeah. And do you find that like this, this kind of stuff that you were doing at Queens and the, the experiences that you got, did you find that that was helpful in going into social work once you got to McGill? It really, really was. I feel like it gave me a better understanding of context, uh, mm-hmm. for current situations and being able to um, sort of go, oh, you know, that approach has been tried in the past. That approach was not a good approach with 
this population, this population, mm -hmm. and maybe here's some different directions that I can go with that. So having that history background really helped me and continues to help me in the work that I do now, because I understand context. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm able to do research so easily because of how Queens kind of set me up. The McGill degrees were a breeze compared to my time at Queens. Absolute breeze. That's awesome. Um, so I guess that's a good transition to sort of talk about what you do now. So can you tell us a little bit about what your job is? Yes. So I just started in the position of, uh, in December, I transitioned from uh, working in youth protection, uh, where I worked for 11 years, mm -hmm. uh, to where I am now uh, as the Indigenous counsellor at the McGill Student Wellness Hub. It has been a journey for me. I didn't grow up in my culture. Uh, so for me, as an adult, a young adult, I started doing uh, research, which really, which really uh, the Queen's degree helped with mm -hmm. uh, being able to find uh, things, being able to find information. Uh, and uh, I really dug into sort of what my background was. Um, and, you know, I always, I always knew that my maternal side uh, was Indigenous. I didn't grow up with that, but I've, I've come to... Uh, understand, uh, respect my culture. I work as a community member, but also an ally given, you know, I'm half settler as well. Mm -hmm. So right now my role is outreach to Indigenous students here at McGill uh, and counselling. So mental health service. Wow. So I'm providing therapeutic intervention for Indigenous students here at, at McGill. Wow, that's incredible. Um, you kind of touched on this a little bit before, but it wasn't a very straightforward path to that place, you would say. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. So, you know, hairdressing popped in there, as, as I talked about. Um, that led me to social work. And, and that came about because I had a client in my chair who was the dean of social, the school of social work at the time. And she said, wow, you listen, you, you have such great skill. You'd make a great social worker. So <laughs> that is how I, I, I went in that direction. Then I worked in, um, in the field of HIV AIDS health uh, for, for many years. Mm -hmm. uh, I did education and prevention work. Uh, I did, um, I, or I was part of a provincial program here called Info Traitement. Uh, and that was providing um, sort of services to people who were struggling with uh, adapting to treatment, HIV treatment, uh, managing the side effects. So that was, that was some really good work uh, that I enjoyed at one point before I I found uh, youth protection where I was for many, many, many years. Wow. Um, do you have any advice for anyone who's thinking about pursuing a career in your field or, or in any of the fields that you've sort of been in? Oh my goodness. Yes. So learn as much as you can be curious, um, learn more than you're being asked to learn. So if you get a syllabus or a reading list rather, uh, and those readings aren't necessarily part of the course or whatever, read them. It's going to help you later in life because you are going to need to know a lot of things in this career. I need to know a lot of things about different types of therapy, different approaches, different therapeutic approaches. Uh, it's important that you take advantage of the time you have. It seems like you have no time when you're when you're young and in university or old and in university, as I was at some points. But the time is there. Find the time. Make the time. Do activities. Join groups. That really enriched my time at Queen's. Mm -hmm. Working with the Alma Mater Society really just helped me develop lifelong friendships. 
uh, helped me develop skills that I didn't already have, uh, like budgeting. Um, you know, I had a budget as the chair of the, uh, back then it was called the Lesbian, Gay, and Bisexual Issues Committee of, mm-hmm. of the AMS. And, uh, you know, budgeting, scheduling, uh, organizing, routine, structure, those activities really do help build, build you as a person. Yeah, absolutely. Is there, I guess I want to ask, what is your favorite part of what your job is now? I just, I'm like super fascinated by what you do. I think it's so amazing. So like what, what, what makes you drawn to it? What do you enjoy about it? The, the learning, you know, it's, it's two part. You're, there's always that piece about helping someone gain insight into themselves, into, mm-hmm. into what they've, what they've been through, but also to understand um, how that's led them to where they are. I also learn and grow so much from what people tell me, what they, you know, it's being in a therapeutic role. uh, People have to feel safe. Uh, They have to feel encouraged. They have to feel supported. And I think that that gets reflected back uh, by providing that to someone. I'm also providing it to myself in some Mm -hmm. ways. And so it's its own reward you know, being in this kind of a profession, it's, it's a really rewarding profession. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's incredible. Maybe we can switch a little bit to talk about, um, some of like your memories from your time at Queen. So do you have oh like gosh. a favorite memory or like a favorite place or something? Oh my goodness. Okay. So <laughs> yes. So, um, I had my first serious boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, at Queens who, um, he's fine. He's, would be totally fine if I mentioned his name, uh, Basil, who was in engineering. He was doing his master's in engineering when I was an undergrad student. Yeah. Uh, he actually worked on the space arm. Oh, wow. Um, I know, right? <laughs> um, and brilliant, brilliant person. And so, you know, that's where I found love or, or that, that version of love when I yeah. was that age. Some other good memories are sort of activist work that I did when I was mm-hmm. at Queens. Um, you know, Alfie's was a popular place then. I don't know if it still exists I at don't Queens. I think so. A lot of people have mentioned it, but I don't think it is. It was a pub. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was a pub at Queens, and it was, uh, you know, it, 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 like any pub, it's like a you know a, a boys kind of a kind of a yeah. place. And uh, I remember doing a kiss in there uh, with members of the AMS Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual Issues Committee, but also people from, you know, the board of the Kingston, back then it was just the Lesbian and Gay Association. Uh, all the other letters hadn't, hadn't uh, been added. They existed, yeah. but they hadn't been added. Yeah. And so I remember doing a kiss in there and it was actually received really well. Um, and that just impressed me so much. It, it, mm-hmm. it, during the time that I was there, no means no was a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the men's residents had posted really graphic, horrible things, uh, messages around the no means no campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was a very politically charged time. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was the time of groups like ACT UP and Queer Nation. So a lot of activist work was being done around the world around, around certain issues. Yeah. And for me, that was a, it was just a great experience uh, and seeing in that instance, there was a positive reaction to it. It wasn't always a positive reaction. I remember we had the idea somehow to do a campaign called wear your jeans day to support queer students at, uh, at uh, Queens mm-hmm. and the number of people who are wearing track pants or shorts or <laughs> other things who always wear jeans that just, it was just so cutting. Oh, yeah. But it's still a good memory of having done that and having participated in that. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's like those extra experiences that are sort of part of the university experience, but you don't get in the classroom, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's real life. It's, it's, it's the real life part of being at university that you don't, it's, it's, it's a very insular place, university sometimes. And I'm finding that about McGill. They're very isolating places too. Mm -hmm. If I hadn't grown up around Kingston or had known Kingston, I don't know if I would have had the same kind of experience that I did. Mm -hmm. Um, Because one of the main issues I deal with here is isolation. Uh, Mm -hmm. And COVID has played a role in that, obviously. Absolutely. But um, that feeling is always there, I think, for students, that feeling of isolation or not feeling yes, I'm a part of the university, but am I, and am I a part of, of the, of the, of the larger community I'm living in, the city that I'm living in? Have Mm -hmm. I gotten to know it? Is there still that back then there was this townie versus student thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just weird to me (laughs) because a a good majority of the kids at Queens at the time were from the Kingston area. Oh yeah. So it was just a, a really weird thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess along that line, did you find that sort of isolation in the like the history that you studied or um, in sort of the community you made with your classmates? I know like because history can be a very isolating discipline just because it's a lot of you're on your own, you're reading, you're analyzing, Mm -hmm. you know, there's not as much collaboration as maybe there should be. And particularly there are in other disciplines. Yeah. You know what? Um, I'm glad you brought that up because there were some real cool, cool kids in history. So I want people to know that. Yeah. Um, it, you know, there were some punk kids that I was friends with. You know, I'm, I've got tat- lots of tattoos and stuff like that. And back then I had lots of piercings. Um, and, you know, I met some really great people in the department who were genuine, authentic people mm-hmm. who had a real interest in history and understanding more about history and challenging notions that we have about history and looking at who did the telling of this history? Where are the other voices? Mm -hmm. And that was accepted. That was, you know, encouraged almost. I had a great history professor from the States. I can't remember his name. Um, He was super handsome. Everyone had a crush on him. (laughs) And he really encouraged me to do this piece on uh, black queer history for one of his uh, one of his courses, and I looked at uh, back then um, sort of um, snapology it was called like mm-hmm. you know oh yeah <laughs> sort of thing. and it was it was new and I was looking at people like Marlon Riggs uh, and how they were pushing the boundaries of art and 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 blackness and queerness and he encouraged that and he was really supportive of that and he was this conservative dude from the US <laughs> um and he like he loved it and he, and I I appreciate that and I still think of those things uh today yeah absolutely um so why or would you and why would you recommend queens or queens history to somebody Oh my goodness. I will always recommend Queens to anyone um, based on my experiences there. I don't know what the context is there now. I know there's a situation with pretend Indian situation happening right now with Mm -hmm. some faculty members there. uh, That's quite discouraging, but I mean, Mm -hmm. that's happening everywhere. And, you know, people are displaced and I don't know those people's stories. So I don't know how that came about. But for me, it was a great place to learn, to grow, to develop as a young person, to form my own identity, to make my own opinions, to grow. I challenged a lot of profs on their notions of, you know, what history was. 
and some some were accepting and great and some some were not but mm -hmm. uh it helped me and and queens i felt was so rigorous academically yeah. i felt challenged i felt challenged that i had those readings to read i had to go check out microfiches i you know i was i was digging digging and i love that investigation and digging and i think that's part of what social workers do right mm -hmm. right now i'm digging but it's with people and i'm trying to look for answers that they already have inside them and show them that those answers are already inside them. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else from your time at Queens that you wanted to share or talk about? You know what? It's been really nice having this discussion with you <laughs> because it has brought up some really positive memories uh, and really just some some nice things from a, from a, from a good time in, in life. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lance. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Heather. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alumni Archives, and thanks again to Queen's History grad Lance Lamore for joining me. If you graduated from Queen's History and would like to be featured on the podcast, please get in touch with Jen Lucas. You can find her email in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye! Bye.